know, I, one thing I did, you know, kind of peep from walking in day one, there's there's an aura that you get when you plan it, when you play as a member of the uh, New England Patriots. And and that aura can sometimes be like, you know what I'm saying? I mean, it's just the Patriot way to a degree from the outside looking in, but from the inside looking out, man, these guys are really, you know, the, 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 they really enjoy the process as well as myself and me being a member, I'm just looking to be here. Right, and welcome to another edition of the Patriot Way podcast. I'm your host, Kyle Grondon. We're brought to you here by GuyBostonSports.com, where you can go listen to this podcast, The Patriot Way, and also other great podcasts. There's stories out. Alex Cora was just hired. That was the big news of the day. Um, nothing else was really going on. Uh, sorry for putting this episode out a little late. I uh, been had a pretty busy week, so we're going to get into it as... Uh, yeah, I mean, last week I had said that the Patriots needed to win this game or the season was over. I'm kind of standing by what I said there, and I think that this Patriots season's over as far as hopeful to make the playoffs or have any sort of, you know, any opportunity to compete come January. I just think that the Patriots are currently sitting at 2-5, and five, and I just think that's almost an insurmountable comeback at this point, given the state of the roster, giving that it seems like Julian Edelman's done for the season, that Nikhil Harry's going to be out for a while. Um, Stephon Gilmore's going to miss another game. I mean, it's the Jets, but, you know, he could miss some time too. Currently, they're three and a half games behind Buffalo, who's first in the division. And to make matters worse, for the wildcard spot, the Dolphins, the Raiders, the Colts, and the Ravens all won. Or no, the Ravens did not win. But the Dolphins, the Colts, and the Raiders all won. The Ravens are still 5-2. and two. The Browns are still 5-3. and three. It just seems like it's going to be tough sledding from here on out. And I, I am willing to say that this Patriots season is over. So, yeah, I mean, so this, going forward, we're going to do the same thing. We're going to talk about each game. We're going to break down some of the key plays, some of the key moments, some of the key players. And we're going to preview a little bit of the next game. And then... You know, we're going to have some big overlying topics to talk about. I think one of the things I'm going to do is, uh, you know, going forward that might be fun is we're going to scout out all of our first round pick potentials because, you know, I, I don't think the Patriots are going to end up with like a top five pick because I still think this team is better than the Jets. They're better than the Giants. They're better than the nearly professional football team in Washington. They're better than the, uh, I still think they're better than the Bengals. They're better than the Jaguars. They're they're just better than some of these teams. They have a better coach. They have better defense. I think that they're going to end up around maybe the eight to fourteen range, eight to twelve range. So there there are some good players there. Now, Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields may be gone. Maybe Trey Lance is gone. But I think there are going to be some good players there. So we'll break that down too. And I'm going to talk about a couple of those top players to keep an eye on. For the Patriots coming draft this next season because this team, you know, it's very obvious what the Patriots need. They need some talent on offense. They're probably going to start over at quarterback, but they also need wide receivers. They need tight ends. They need, they could use a linebacker as we saw in this Buffalo game. So we'll break down some of these players and I'll talk about what I like and what I don't like about them as, um, you know, it's still early in the process, but, uh, you know, I'm, I have been watching some college football as well, so I can give my insights on that. So let's talk about this Buffalo game and why it became so frustrating. The Patriots were so close in pulling off this upset. A lot of people were counting us out. Ended up going 24-21 to in Buffalo's favor. Um, based on basically, yeah, um, you know, I've heard it mentioned a few times so far this past week, and it was basically like, look... You know, we've had three games that came down to fourth quarter drives with the Broncos, the Seahawks, and this Bills game, and we're 0-3 in those games. All three times we had we were inside the red zone with a chance to win the football game, and all three times we weren't able to score. Now, is that 100% on Cam Newton? I wouldn't say so, but at the same time, going from Brady where those, you know, if he's getting the ball with two minutes left, it's virtually a lock that Brady's going to get it. 
and uh, you know now we're trying to slug out these games and we're coming up just short. So yeah, I mean it's a tough break, but um, let's let's break down some of the games from the start. So this has continued to frustrate me once again. The Patriots with an uncharacteristic first quarter. They they only end up with six points in the first half. They only get one field goal, which was in the second quarter. So they went scoreless in the first quarter again. And, you know, I, I think that's so frustrating is that it's not even, you know, people have talked about Brady and his move to Tampa Bay as, well, you know, he's going to part of the things that people were saying he might regret is how disciplined the Patriots were and how much he took that for granted that the Patriots didn't commit dumb penalties. Now, granted, we don't, we don't commit a lot of penalties. The Patriots have not committed a lot of penalties this season. They're still the lowest in the league, but they're still very unpatriot like this season. They're still very unpatriot like in a lot of aspects. A lot of it has been simple things like substitution issues, field goal alignment issues, basic things and in this one, the first drive, we go four plays that we just march down the field. It starts with a Cam Newton pass to Jacoby Myers. Nice seven yards to start the drive. Damian Harris, seven yards once again. Damian Harris, four yards. Cam Newton, nine yards up the middle. And then, you know, we talk about offenses in the NFL and really in college football too, or really any level of football, that a lot of these teams for football uh, reasons have their plays scripted out that usually see offenses come out with about 15 plays based on their game plan that they want to run. So theoretically, we probably have, especially on a first and 10 at the 48-yard line, we probably have 15 plays that we already want to run in our back pocket. And on a first and 10 at the 48-yard line, after this team's moving the ball pretty well to start the game, it's a delay a game penalty that just absolutely derails the drive. Getting 10 yards right now is hard enough for this offense. Anytime we have to get 15 yards, you might as well just punt the ball. You might as well just punt the ball if this team's at first and 15, because getting 15 yards for this team is incredibly difficult right now, given the situation. So first and 15, Cam Newton goes for three yards. One of their good linebackers, Tremaine Edmonds, makes the play. James White, incomplete, minus two yards to Rex Burkhead, and then punt. Fourth and 14, they ended up committing a neutral zone infraction. Either way, Jake Bailey has to punt. And with a windy, uh, with a windy day, he delivers a not a very good punt, and it leads to the Buffalo touchdown. Their first touchdown of the game came on their first possession, and they went ten plays, seventy eight yards, and it looks like oh man, this is going to be a long night. And you know, one of the things that was so interesting about this game was that it was kind of Patriots' strength on strength and weakness on weakness. Buffalo had not done a good job of running the football this season. A lot of their attacking for Basically, the entire season up until last week had been through the air. You know, people have talked about how good Josh Allen's been. Is he an MVP candidate? Isn't he an MVP candidate? He struggled a couple weeks in a row, so that made it a little tougher to justify. But he really uh, he really didn't do too well. Uh, Josh Allen was not good in this one. He continues to struggle against the Patriots. His quarterback rating was 65. His QBR was 51. You take those numbers with a grain of salt because I, I don't think they're the best statistics to read. But he was still 11 of 18, 154 yards, and an interception. Josh Allen was not good in this game. He did not impact the win. And you felt good about that because their strength was going against the strength of our secondary, which is better than their passing game. Even without Gilmore out there, we felt pretty good about it. And their weakness was definitely their inability to run, a ball to run the ball so far this season. They hadn't done a good job of running the football. And while our defense definitely has struggled against the run, you know, you felt like, oh, maybe we can get it done because this team can't run the football. Well, the answer was we could not. They got five yards per carry, 38 carries, 190 yards, and three touchdowns. Um, Devin's, their two running backs each had 14 carries, and I thought were pretty similar. Uh, Devin Singletary had 14 carries, 86 yards. Zach Moss had 14 carries, 81 yards. A lot of that was because two short touchdowns. But um, so, yeah, so they go down the field by running the football. Zach Moss gets an eight yard touchdown run, which was set up by a 21 yard run right before it. But yeah, I mean, you look at this, it was a rush for three yards, second and seven, a rush for six yards, another rush for three yards. Then it was another rush for it was no gain. Then it was a short pass to the running back. 
uh, a pass to Cole Beasley, then Josh Allen scrambles and runs, and then incomplete pass to Stephon Diggs, 21 yards for Zach Moss, 8 yards for Zach Moss, touchdown. So the the Patriots running rushing defense continues to be another problem, and it seems like, you know, we kind of have an idea of why this Patriots team's bad, but it just seems like every week we're learning exactly how bad something is just over and over again. Um, this, this run defense also did not do well against San Francisco, but you thought it would be, you know, San Francisco is the best, one of the best running teams in the NFL. The Buffalo Bills have not been this season and still like Jawan Bentley just could not get the job done. He continues to struggle out there in just a lot of situations. I know the stats sometimes look better for him. Um, he actually does a pretty decent job of pass rushing and blitzing the quarterback, But when it comes to run coverage, he can't get sideline to sideline very well. When it comes to pass coverage, he's a mess. He's so confused in pass coverage, it seems like, all the time. Just getting lost in almost every play. He he almost needs to just be in a pass rushing situation only. Because that's definitely where he is the best. But he has a lot of his game that just isn't going to work in today's league. He's too slow. He's like a 2,000 linebacker stuck in 2020. And from there, you know, the Patriots did battle. They they had a couple good drives, and I think that's where you have to feel pretty good about this Patriots performance. Now, you, you needed the win. You needed to win this football game. Um, I think the biggest thing, though, was that the Patriots had multiple good drives where, you know, it seemed like the first set six weeks of the season, it was the Patriots are three and out again. The Patriots are three and out again. If I'm not mistaken, let me look at this real quick. They went seven plays, six plays, eight plays, one three and out. It looks like, yeah, the Patriots had one three and out all game against Buffalo. So that's good. I mean, the, the offense was definitely better. It was more fluid. They were able to move the ball a lot more. So only one three and out, which is much better. But then the next part of this is also, you know, you're not getting three and outs. You're not punting the ball back to the other team immediately. But at the same time, you also can't. You also have, you also have to score points. That's the, that's the whole point of the game, you know. Uh, what's the cliched message? You can't score. You can't win unless you score. You know, something stupid like that. That sounds like something uh, Joe Morgan used to say about Sunday Night Baseball was, "You can't win unless you score." Um, so it's a tough situation, but it's just at the same time. You have to score touchdowns. You have to be, especially when you're playing a team like Buffalo, which, you know, I've, I've been critical of Buffalo this season. If you hear me on some other content, I've been pretty critical of Buffalo's performance. I've been critical of Josh Allen at points this season, but they are a six and two football team. I think they're probably anywhere in that four to five range in the AFC pecking order. So it's a good football team and you have to score enough touchdowns. You can't rely on second half points all the time to win these games you have to score early you have to score often the Patriots really needed 20 25 24 to 30 points in this game and they weren't able to get that done um so but yeah so they didn't get touchdowns they had a couple good drives they moved down the field and get the field goal from 40 uh 43 yards from Nick Folk and then it just kind of goes back and forth um I said Josh Josh Allen struggled and a lot of that was because the Patriots secondary is awesome um, people were worried this week because of, you know, not only was Stefan Gilmore out, but there is the Stefan Gilmore trade rumors along with Stefan Gilmore being out of the game. A lot of people were worried that this might be the end of Stefan Gilmore in New England. He ended up not getting traded because no one gets traded at the trade deadline. Um, but I think one thing that we've seen, um, I guess I should talk about that too. So the trade deadline came and went, you know, people were talking about should so-and-so get traded, should so-and-so get traded. Um, I think the only person I would have realistically looked at trading this year was Joe Dooney. And, um, I would have traded, I would have looked at trading Joe Dooney because he's obviously on that expiring franchise tag, you know, the one year contract. And I think you also would have had to feel pretty good about trading him because Michael Onyenwu has been awesome. Not just good. He's been awesome so far this season. So I think that they would have been able to trade or at least look into moving Dooney and still being able to replace him and feel confident that that offensive line is pretty good because the Patriots offensive line has been one of the best in the league this season. So that's one of the spots that they're definitely worth keeping. 
uh, in the future as they work towards this rebuild. Um, I think the same thing. I think the same thing was true for Gilmore. I think that the reason why Gilmore was floated in trades because the team is so confident. Bill Belichick, I've never seen him speak lonely consistently about anybody, but it, he just loves J.C. Jackson, and he loves J.C. Jackson's game. I'm also a big Jonathan Jones fan. I think they're both very good cornerbacks. I think the reason that is justified for trading Stephon Gilmore is that J.C. Jackson could easily come in and slot him as the number one cornerback. And... He showed that in this game. He showed that in this game. I think, you know, Diggs had some catches. Uh, let's see here. He ended up with six catches on nine targets. That's six of nine. Very nice. Uh, he did have 92 yards. So it wasn't a perfect game from J.C. Jackson, but it was a good game. And he also had an interception, and Stephon Diggs did not have the impact that people were hoping for. You know, it was only in. Not to mention, I think the more important thing, too, is that they could rely on J.C. Jackson covering Stephon Diggs consistently one-on-one. -on -one, that guys like Cole Beasley, guys like John Brown, guys like Tyler Croft, guys like, um, they have another tight end, uh, Knox, I don't and Gabriel Davis could not get going. Um, they couldn't get those guys going. Uh, so you have to feel pretty good that, you know, J.C. Jackson is comfortable enough on an island against some of these good receivers that you can allow your secondary to do what it does great and cover a lot of these really talented players that were on Buffalo. The rest of Buffalo's receivers, if you take out Diggs, six receptions for 92 yards, you have 62 reception yards on two, three, four, five receptions. For the game and of course no touchdowns because they didn't throw a touchdown pass this game so i mean you have to feel pretty good about that um now where what's continuing to hurt the patriots and we talked about this run defense and we've talked about unfortunately how bad Jawan bentley's been is they continue to sacrifice putting a second they put six defensive backs on the field virtually all game and while i i don't fault the logic to it i think that you know the passing game has become king in the nfl you have to do everything you can to stop it and i think it works a lot at the same time they're getting torched in the running game because of it because they have one linebacker typically on the field in the middle of the field um i think that uh yeah i mean i think it's going to change i think one of the things that we saw in this game he had a limited snap count but i think one of the guys that we really i was really impressed about in his limited role was Josh 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 Uche? Sorry about that. Can't talk. Josh Uche was very impressive in his limited role. I know Belichick on what, on the play he made snuffing out. I think it was a screen pass. He he raved about him in that situation. Um, so I think a guy like Uche is going to be helpful in you know there are going to be sets where we put two linebackers in the middle of the field where he's able to help out Bentley in that middle of the field in that area in helping stop the run. And, you know, I still think the base defense is going to have six defensive backs on the field. But finally getting Uche on the field, and not only that, but he's looking pretty darn good uh, for his first game in the NFL, just from simple reads and, you know, just simply making plays. I think that having him out there also allows some flexibility for the New England defense to do different things and go in different sets. So they're not stuck with six, seven defensive backs on the field almost every play and just getting torched in those situations on the ground. Um, so that's a good thing from Uche. So yeah. And then, you know, Patriots, obviously, like I said, they staged the comeback. It was seven to six at halftime. Uh, the bills came out and had a made quick work of their next drive. Uh, all set up, you know, this was the best play from their defense and it wasn't even on JC Jackson. It was on Jason McCourty. That Stefan Diggs had the big catch for 41 yards and that led to another four-yard touchdown from Zach Moss. Uh, that was their best play on offense. So, you know, the Patriots defense, they got burnt pretty much one time through the air. And it resulted in seven points. And that's that's the margins that this team's playing with right now. Is that it's a very good pass defense still. I, think it, I don't think it's nearly as good as last year. Uh, where the team was complete and they had 11 great football players on that team that started. Um, I don't think the defense is nearly as good as last year, but the past defense is still pretty good. But if they get beat one time, it's, you know, that's the small margin of error and they get seven points off of it. And that just seems like all it was for the, uh, the Patriots. Cause they came, they did come back and score. They tied the game up five plays, 37 yards. Um, it was a nice 
22-yard run from Damian Harris. I thought he was awesome in this one. I think that's something we're going to see a lot more this season as it seems like the Patriots season is over. I think Damian Harris is essentially going to become the guy. I think Harris is going to start getting close to 20-25 carries a game and he's going to cement himself as that lead back. I think the Patriots are going to use all of their running backs. Sony Michelle is going to be back for this next game. Rex Burkhead's still there. James White in passing situations. Maybe J.J. Taylor works his way back into it. Um, I think he's hurt right now. But Damien Harris coming in and being able to be that lead back, I think is just going to go a long way to helping this team. And I think they're going to pretty much see, I think a lot of this season is pretty much just going to turn into, you know, let's see what this has. Let's see what the uh, these guys have to offer. And let's see who's worth keeping around. I think we're going to see a lot of work from Harris to see if he's worth it as the lead running back on an NFL football team, which is fair. And I think he's been really explosive. I think that's the biggest thing that's been the difference between Sony Michelle and Damian Harris is that Harris just looks explosive. You know, it looks like he's exploding through the hole. He's finding the hole, getting through the line of scrimmage, reading defenses really well. I think Sony Michelle has good vision. But sometimes it seems like through all the injuries he's had through college and even as he got to the Patriots, I think the explosiveness hasn't been there with him for almost a year. I think that it was there a little bit his rookie season. He dealt with some more injuries, and now I just don't think the explosiveness is there with him anymore. Um, So I would probably lean Harris right now. I think he's been the better running back. Uh, He had 102 yards on 16 carries. He was great in this one. 6.4 yards per carry. Um, I think we're going to see a lot more of, especially with Edelman, seemingly done for the season. I don't see him coming back anytime soon. uh, We're going to see a lot of Jacoby Myers. We're going to see a lot of Jameer Bird. And hopefully we'll also see a lot of this uh, Isaiah Ford. One of the few moves of the trade deadline was a guy like Ford, which I thought was a simple, you know, good move for the Patriots. This is kind of what they do. I know people wanted Julio Jones, but... A 2022 seventh round pick is essentially a free player. And not only that, if you look at the statistics for the Patriots, Isaiah Ford essentially has the same exact numbers as Nikhil Harry. (laughs) I mean, it's kind of, it's almost sad, but at the same time, it's like, you know, we're getting a pretty decent player for virtually free here. Uh, You know, Nikhil Harry currently has 19 catches on 32 targets, 172 yards, doesn't have 10 yards to carry. He does have one touchdown, um, which isn't much, but you know he has a touchdown. Isaiah Ford has 184 yards receiving on the season. So he has more receiving yards than Nikhil Harry. He has one less. He does it on one less catch, so he gets a few more yards. 18 catches, 184 yards. Um, he's a good slot receiver. He's going to do a lot of good. And from you know, all of his coaches, you know, he was with our former um, defensive coordinator, Brian Flores, down there in Miami, who where he's doing great things. Um, you know, I think the thing that I've liked so much about what I've heard out of him since, you know, the Patriots traded for him is just how smart he is. So adding a player like that, we're going to see what he's got. We're going to see how he can help this team. I think you're pretty much going to see him. You're going to see Demir Bird. You're going to see... Um, Jacoby Myers and you're also going to see I think hopefully some of these rookie tight ends Dalton Keaton has one catch on the season I know Devin Asiasi just was put on IR hopefully when he comes back those guys are able to get some targets and we're pretty much this offense I think is just going to turn into which of these young guys is worth keeping around for the season which one of these guys do we feel like confident could be building blocks towards a better team I don't think any of these receivers are future number one receivers by any means but I think at the very least we look at do we have a number two guy here because I think right now a lot of Patriots fans feel like that we have a bunch of number threes we have a bunch of number three number four receivers we don't have a two or a one let's see if any of these guys can develop into a solid number two um Myers has looked good the last two weeks um and he's actually going to be our do your job performer of the week um because he's had six, he had six catches, ten yards, leading or six targets, six catches, fifty-eight yards. Excuse me. Uh, he was our leading receiver for the week. 
uh, six catches. The next highest had three, which was Demir Bird. He's continued to run really good routes. Cam Newton really trusts him, it seems like, which is something Tom Brady doesn't ever trust his, you know, young receivers. So it's nice to see that sort of repertoire between Jacoby Myers and Cam Newton, which I hope only helps this offense throughout the season. Um, so yeah, uh, Jacoby Myers is going to be the do your job performer of the week because he, he has been good the last two weeks. I've been impressed with him. Um, the offensive performer of the week, I'm going to go with a player that's kind of off the grid. Harris is an easy pick here. I think Harris has been awesome. I've talked enough about Harris. Um, another guy that I talked about a little bit being awesome was Michael Onyenwu, who is the offensive guard they took in the sixth round, who looks like the steal of the draft. He's been probably, if you just look at, you know, he's never going to win a rookie of the year because he's an offensive lineman. But at the same time, if you look at pretty much just who he is and what he's done at his position, he's been virtually the best player from the draft and almost the big, he is the biggest draft steal so far. Um, Getting him in the sixth round, um, I've heard all the jokes we should draft Michigan players in the sixth round basically every year because um, it definitely works out in our favor. Onyewu is a stud. He he can move for his size at a really high level. He can bully people because he's so huge. He just does everything really well on the offensive line. I've been incredibly impressed with him. I think he's going to him, Isaiah Wynn, when healthy, uh, David Andrews when healthy. I think these are stalwarts for the offensive line for the next uh, three to five years. I think this is going to be a very good offensive line group for years to come. I've been impressed with them. I've been impressed with this offensive line group. I think it's top five or six in the league right now. Um, I don't have the exact list in front of me, but I think right now it's probably at that level, uh, especially when everyone's healthy and on the field. They just move bodies, and they've done a really good job for Cam in the running game. Now that Harris is on the field, they've done a really good job for Harris in the running game. Um, and it's just a complete different from, you know, last year where we're playing Marshall Newhouse and, uh, you know, Tom Brady's getting so frustrated because, you know, Marshall Newhouse was basically a pylon at left tackle. And now we have a great, I mean, our offensive line was still pretty good with Newhouse playing, which says a lot about our offensive line last year. This year, without Newhouse, it looks like one of the best in football. And not only that, it's young, it's talented. So Michael Onyenwu is the Offensive Player of the Week. The Defensive Player of the Week, I mentioned him too already, is going to be J.C. Jackson. Like you said, you, you can criticize, you know, Gilmore or Stephon Diggs was still kind of able to get his. But finding out that Gilmore's out, stepping in at that number one corner role, and he didn't allow Diggs to really impact the game as much as Diggs probably would have wanted to without Gilmore in there. And not only that, he was able to step in in that number one role and essentially allow our secondary to do what it does week in and week out and cover a lot of these Buffalo uh, Buffalo wide receivers. They covered them. Not only did they cover them, they covered them at a really high level. And a lot of that was because they could focus on that with J.C. Jackson on the other side of the field dealing with Diggs by, his, by himself. So... Uh, credit to J.C. Jackson for being able to do that, being able to hang with one of the best receivers in the league, and also getting an interception. It was an awful throw. Um, you know, it was a uh, Josh Allen staple. Um, but J.C. Jackson made the play. Um, I thought he could have had a better run back, but he actually had a pretty good run back anyway, as it was. Um, so J.C. Jackson gets that. And yeah, I mean, that's going to be the Patriots season, I think. I think that it's the same thing on defense what it is on offense. We're going to see which of these young players um, is basically building blocks towards the future. I think we're going to see a lot of Uche. We're going to see a lot of um, these young players in the secondary, especially with Gilmore out. We're going to see, can we, can we have the same sustainable high-level play of this defense and this secondary with J.C. Jackson and Jonathan Jones as the top two guys? Where I think we're gonna see. I think he he wasn't he didn't play this one. Um, Kyle Duggar too might be the same thing. And I have no idea what's going on with Chase Winovich. It seems like he's completely in the doghouse. Um, but you know he went from being virtually one of our best defensive players to uh, a role player in two weeks. I don't know what happened because I actually thought he was pretty good against the run. 
um, even when he was playing uh, heavy more downs and he had a higher workload. I thought he was pretty good against the run. Um, you know, it's never going to be the best part of his game. He's definitely a pass rushing guy. But at the same time, I thought he was good enough to where it wasn't like he had to. Uh, it wasn't like he had to sit out at points. I but you know Belichick obviously sees it differently. I think I'm going to trust Belichick's eye on that one more than mine. Um, I I do think he's going to turn it around. I know Belichick said in the press conference that he'll play more. So I do give it. Uh, I do think he's going to play, and I do think he's going to be a guy who's on the team for a long time. It's obviously just a frustrating time. I know that that uh, 15 yard penalty against the uh, against Jimmy Garoppolo, where Garoppolo flopped, hurt him, but I think he's going to be fine. Um, so yeah, so that's the Patriots' performance. I think that once again, like I said, the offensive line was awesome. The running backs were awesome. Uh, the defensive backs were awesome, and. Other than that, you know, we'll see what happens with the rest of this team and the rest of these guys. Uh, so let's go ahead real quickly and look towards the Jets next week. Another divisional opponent. Patriots are currently 1-1 one one in the division. And then we're going to play, you know, we complain a lot as Patriot fans. And, you know, it's okay to have high expectations of your team. Just thank God we're not this team. Thank God we are not this team. This team is a bumbling mess. They have easily the worst coach in football in um, Adam Gase. Their quarterbacks complete 56% of their passes. They average five yards a, uh, a pass attempt. Their leading rusher has 3.5 yards per carry on 96 carries, who is almost like 100 years old, I think, in Frank Gore. Um, they have a decent receiver in Jamison Crowder. Outside of that, their number two receiver is Braxton Berrios, who couldn't make our roster. Um, you know, we we did draft Berrios, and he couldn't make he couldn't cut it here, and he's our number two receiver. This offense is bad. I think the defense is going to obviously have a very big game in this one. Um, they should be able to dominate this team. I mean, if, if the Jets are able to run the football on the Patriots and not only run the football, but run the football at a high level, even just, you know, similar to what Buffalo did, then, you know, it's very clear then that at that point, Jawan Bentley shouldn't be on an NFL football field. If they're not able to contain a lot of what this Jets team tries to do, and I'm being a little harsh on Bentley, it's not all on him. I think the defensive line needs to be play, play better in the run situations too. They're not, you know, filling their gaps very well. So I, it's not all on Bentley. But at the same time, there's no, there is absolutely zero excuse for Frank Gore at, 165 years old um to be able to run on this Patriots team uh and then on the other side you know Sam Darnold is uh it seems like it's kind of over there I don't know if Sam Darnold's ever going to be good you know he I I liked him out of the draft and he just hasn't really improved he's been behind some of the worst offensive lines in the league um I think he's athletic. He's proven that he can run the ball pretty well. If you watch that uh, Jet, I don't, you know, if you watch that Jets and Broncos Thursday night football game, I feel sorry for you. Um, but if you watched it, you know, he was able to move the football by, you know, he he could do a lot of things with his legs too, as well as, uh, you know, he was able to throw uh, throw with his arm as well. Um, I think Darnold is solid. I think he's definitely a guy. I think if he had a change of scenery. Could be pretty darn good. Um, I think that he, if, if he were, you know, next season to end up on uh, hypothetical here, I'm trying to think. If he ended up with like Kyle Shanahan in San Francisco and they had him compete with Jimmy Garoppolo, I could see him like if Garoppolo got hurt, looking pretty good in that system. Or if he was like with the Rams, if the Rams decided to move on from Jared Goff, I could see him also looking pretty good in that system as well. Um, but, you know, he's with the Jets right now, and with the Jets, he's not good. So I, I think that there's no excuse for um, this team being able to move the football on us. Uh, I guess game plan-wise, you know, it's going to be kind of more of the same. I wouldn't mind the Patriots kind of putting another linebacker on the field. I continue to say this, and it never happens, so I don't know why I keep saying it. The pa the Jets do run a lot of three wide receiver sets. They usually have Crowder, Perriman, and Barrios on the field. 
So maybe you keep the six defensive backs out there for that advantage. But at the same time, like, it's also Jamison Crowder, Braxton Berrios, and Brashad Perriman. Um, you know, I do think it doesn't seem like Gilmore's going to play again. So I think you're going to see more Jamison Crowder on J.C. Jackson. I think that's advantage J.C. Jackson by a lot. I think they're going to force a few turnover against Sam Darnold, who, sees, who said last year he sees ghosts against us. So I think we're going to be able to dominate him in the secondary. I think we're going to be able to slow down this running game just with our defensive line playing well because outside of Mekhi Becton, their rookie, this um, this this offensive line isn't good once again. Um, and their defense also isn't good. They don't do anything really well on defense. Um, you know, this is barely a professional football team in my opinion. Their leading tackler, their second leading tackler, excuse me, Avery Williamson got traded. Um, they traded a couple of guys on their team who are pretty good. Um, they're definitely in full tank mode. They're going for Trevor Lawrence. They're not going to do well. I mean, the only reason that Adam Gase, I, I'm convinced Adam Gase, the only reason he has a job is because they want Trevor Lawrence that bad. And he's the, he's the easiest way to lose football games. He's the worst coach in the league. He's doesn't seem like he gets a lot of things. It doesn't seem like he, uh, likes being there it doesn't seem like there's a lot of things wrong with Adam Gase I can go into it all day I just don't think that he's a very good football coach and he's the only reason that the Jets currently um he's the reason that the Jets are 0-8 I don't I mean this team's bad this talent level's bad they're clearly tanking but having the worst coach in football also doesn't help so I think the Patriots are going to handle business here I think they're going to win this one pretty handedly I'm going to go 28 to 3 Patriots win because I just don't trust this Jets team to do much of anything. I think that they handle their business. And, uh, you know, I, I while I say the Patriots season is done for a playoff spot, I, I do want to stress that I don't think this Patriots team's completely inept. I think they're going to beat the Jets twice. And you know what? I think that they're also, I think they're going to beat the Chargers. So that's right there is 3 4. That's five wins right there. I think that they can beat the Texans as well. Uh, so that'll be six wins. Um, I also think that this team could very easily steal one of their games against Baltimore, Arizona, the Rams, and Buffalo. I think this team's good enough on in the secondary to pull off an upset. I don't think it's going to be Baltimore because that matchup is just horrible for them. Because playing that Ravens running game is just going to be rough. Um, I think that um, Arizona... I, I, I'm not high on Kenny and Drink, but Ke- Kyler Murray is kind of the same situation. Um, the the Rams is a game, you know, we saw last week with uh, Brian Flores. You know, the Rams, even though it's been almost two years later, uh, a year and a half later, they haven't really found a way to counter that Matt Patricia, Bill Belichick, Brian Flores game plan that they ran in the Super Bowl in beating the Rams. They haven't really found a way to counter that game plan uh, with his offense. So that could be a game they steal. I also think that they could steal Buffalo, which is a Monday night game week 16. So, I mean, I could still see this team winning six or seven games. Um, you know, they're going to beat that they're better than I think, or they can beat the teams they're better than. Obviously, they lost to Denver, who I also think they're better than. But I think they can beat the Jets twice. They can beat the Dolph, or they can beat the Chargers. They can beat the um, Texans. And I think they are, the Dolphins game to me is a toss up. Um, and I think they're, they're going to steal a game against Buffalo, Los Angeles, uh, Houston, or excuse me, Arizona and Baltimore. So, you know, maybe it's like, oh, wait, you just said they're out. But, you know, that you just said they could also win seven or eight games. Yeah, I just don't think eight and eight's making the playoffs right now. Because if you look at it, you know, you just look at the NFL standings. And currently, you've got the Browns at five and three, the Ravens at five and two. The Colts at five and two, and the Raiders at four and three. I don't. I mean, I don't think the Ravens are obviously going to go eight and eight, so they're not catching that. I think that the Colts are better than eight and eight, so I don't think they're catching that. Even though it hate it pains me to say that the Colts and Ravens are good, but they're both pretty good. Um, you know, even with the Ravens struggles against good teams, I still think Lamar's enough to probably get 10, 11 wins. Uh, I think the Colts are good enough to get. Nine or ten wins, uh, even with Philip Rivers being shaky, um, you know I still think that they have plenty of winnable games on their schedule. 
uh, you know, so I, I would probably lean the Colts getting nine wins. I would lean the Ravens getting 10 or 11 wins. And then you look at the Brown, you know, then at that point you need one of the Browns, Dolphins, and uh, Raiders to essentially get nine wins as well. And that's your three playoff teams. And even if the Patriots pull off a couple upsets like I think they can, eight and eight's not good enough to make the playoffs. You look at the Browns here, they already have five wins. They play the Texans, Jaguars, and Jets, and Giants on their schedule. That team's likely getting nine wins right there. I don't think, you know, maybe the Texans pull off the upset. I don't think the Jaguars, I don't think the Giants, I don't think the Jets have a chance. So I think that's at least eight wins. If they hold off the Texans or if they upset the Eagles, Titans, uh, Ravens, or Steelers, maybe more so the Eagles and Titans, I think that's a nine-win team. Uh, The Raiders' schedule gets a lot easier here from here on out. They play the Chargers twice, who can't hold any fourth-quarter league. They're the Falcons of the AFC. They also play the Falcons, by the way. So, you know, that's that's three winnable games right there. They play the Broncos twice, who I think, you know, I think those three AFC West teams aren't that far apart. I just think the Raiders' offense is better. Um, which is so frustrating because the Patriots were able to beat them pretty good. Um, I don't think the score line. I, don't, I think the score line showed a bigger deficit than what the game actually was. But the Patriots were the better team and won that game, so that's frustrating. But at the same time, yeah, they played the Chargers twice. They played the Broncos twice. Even if they go two and two there, that's six wins. They also play the Falcons. It seems like everyone's playing the Jets this year, so even if they go two and two in those divisional games, I think they can go three and one in those four or even 4-0 potentially in those four games that aren't the Chiefs, which they beat the Chiefs this year, which is huge for them. They play the Falcons, the Jets, and the Dolphins. I think they find a way. If they win three of those games against the AFC West opponents, that's seven wins. And if they beat the Falcons and the Jets, that's also nine wins for them. So anyway, you look at it, that's probably... One of the, I think three of those teams are getting nine wins. I didn't even pull up the Dolphins schedule, but I think it's the same thing as you look at. I, I think the Dolphins are definitely the weakest team of that group, but at the same time, you keep looking at it. I think the Patriots realistically at best are getting eight and eight if they're able to pull off a few upsets, which is behind those teams because I'm just going to bet on three of those five teams getting nine wins. So that's going to wrap it up for the Patriots upcoming week against the Jets. I know I didn't talk much about the Jets, but I, I mean, if the Patriots lose this game, then there's genuine problems in the organization right now. There's genuine problems with this roster. This offense is somehow, this is the only offense that they go up against where our offense is more talented. Um, this is a bad football team. They can't run the ball. They're inefficient in the passing game for a guy who's an offensive guru and Adam Gase. Uh, yeah, they, they don't run the ball well. They average under four yards a carry. They can't throw well. They average about five yards a pass, which is in that Blaine Gabbard zone of five yards a complete or a pass. Um, so they don't do anything well on offense. Their defense is abominable. I think that the Patriots hopefully stay healthy because, you know, Greg Williams is such a wild card. Um, you know, Greg Williams has a reputation, so hopefully he stays healthy and they're not taking uh, headshots at our team. They are, I think the big thing that the Patriots should do and will do is attack this run defense, which is weirdly okay. They're actually 12th in the league in the run, um, which is fine. It's not great. It, they're 12th worst in the league, excuse me, against the run. But at the same time, I think you want to see what Damien Harris can do. I want to see Damien Harris get 25 carries in this game. Um, I just think that'll be uh, huge for this team to be able... If we have a lead running back, that's a building block for a team. I don't think the running back's as important as it ever has been. You know, the, the running back... This is the least important time for running backs in football by far. But at the same time, I do think that a running back can be a building block for a good offense. And having a guy like Harris who can consistently put four yards in against this team they're also third worst against the pass I actually think there's decent players in this pass defense you know Marcus May back there is still pretty good at safety but they can't defend anyone through the pass they given up the third most passing yards they've given up 16 passing touchdowns so along with Damian Harris you know you look at these guys in the passing game 
This is a great game for a guy like Jacoby Myers to come out and have a really big day. It's a great game for maybe a Gunnar Olszewski to come out and have a pretty big game. It's a great day for a guy like Demir Bird to come out and have a pretty big game because Demir Bird's been our most consistently open guy throughout the season. If Cam Newton wants to have a big game in the passing game day, uh, big day in the passing game, it's against this Jets defense. So, like I said, I'm going with the Patriots, 28 to three. Um, so that's gonna wrap up that part. And yeah, so like I said, we're gonna go into um, draft mode a little bit each week. We're gonna scout one player that I've really liked and that the Patriots could target in the NFL draft. Like I said, I think that based on their record and the teams below them, I think that the Patriots are going to end up in the 8-14 to 14 range, mainly because, like I said, I think this team's good enough to get to like an 8-8 eight and eight kind of record, and so that's probably mid-tier right there, just be based on their opponents, because they have winnable games against the Jets. They play the Chargers. Um, so... I think eight and eight's realistic for the or seven and nine even's realistic for the Patriots. So that's probably eight to fourteen in the draft pecking order. So I'm not gonna pull, do a whole scouting report on Trevor Lawrence because I don't think they're getting Trevor Lawrence. I don't think that that's a realistic option. Um, I don't think Justin Fields is even a realistic option, though. I might talk about him towards the end, depending on how chips. If the Patriots continue to lose game, I'll bring up Justin Fields, no problem. Um, cause I'd love to see him on the team. I am going to go with a, uh, I'm going to go with another, uh, player though. I'm going with a different quarterback. I'm going to go with Mac Jones out of Alabama, who I think has been a fast riser in the NFL draft scouting reports based on his performances with Alabama. I think that let's start with the things that you're worried about is that this guy was not a very highly rated recruit. Um, he was, you know, he came in essentially out of necessity because they lost to a tag of Iloa, but at the same time, he's looked awesome since they came in. I think that the one worry that the Patriots or NFL teams have right now is because Mac Jones, you know, if he came to the Patriots, you know, you don't get to say this often, but if he, if he went to the NFL and was drafted by the Patriots, it would be a major regression, not just based on the talent level, because obviously he's going up against better NFL defenses, but the talent level around him would be significantly worse than it was at Alabama. And I, I'm never going to say a college team would beat a pro team. I think it's ridiculous. I think the offensive and defensive lines make a huge difference. But I think the skill positions that I, I would trade my entire skill position group at the Patriots for the Alabama skill position group tomorrow. I think that your, your worry about Mac Jones is he's throwing to easily right now the best two college, or Jalen Waddle just got hurt for the season, but he was throwing to the two best wide receivers in college football for the first half of the year. You know, Devontae Smith is a monster. He's a fantastic route runner. Um, he's somebody who's going to come up in this, so I'll wait on that. Jalen Waddle is a speed demon who's just also fantastic. So he had those two guys that he was throwing to. And he had a great running back in Najee Harris. He might have the best offensive line in the league. So having all of that is a huge advantage for him right now. But at the same time, I, I continue to watch Mac Jones and I continue to be impressed. I've said this on my Twitter account multiple times. I, I bet on him to win the Heisman in the offseason just because I believed in what I saw from him last year. I saw the talent in Alabama. I picked him Alabama to win the championship and I bet him to win the Heisman Trophy just because I think he's so good. And I think the one thing I really like about Mac Jones, and I especially like him on the Patriots, is if McDaniels and Belichick saw what they saw this season and decided they wanted to go back to the offense that they ran with Brady for 20 years that worked so well, I think Mac Jones is easily the guy you could pick um, to fit that kind of role. I think he's the most New England offense-based player um, I, he's got a really strong arm. He's got good size. He's 6'2", over 200 pounds. And, you know, he can sling it. He throws the ball downfield really well. You saw it a lot with Jalen Watt when Jalen Waddle was on the field that he could throw the deep ball pretty well. And, you know, with some accuracy that he gave Jalen Waddle a lot of big plays by just being accurate with the football downfield. And he also, you know, so far in the season, he's got 1,900 yards passing, 12 touchdowns and two interceptions. Um, he, 
is efficient. He's been, you know, he's completed almost 80% of his passes so far this season, almost 300, 381 yards a game. Um, and the other thing I really like in, um, you know, this is great. This is, you know, one of the things that we've seen really well with Brady for 20 years is how much you don't have to be like the best athlete on the field, but pocket mobility goes such a long way to playing quarterback. And this is something that he's actually really good at. He moves really well in the pocket. He stands in there really well and delivers a good football. He's more athletic than Brady too. He can actually run decently. He's not great, but he can run okay when he needs to. Um, that's obviously not going to be his strength ever, but at the same time, he moves really well in the pocket. He buys himself time and he delivers really good throws. I think Mac Jones would be the perfect fit if the Patriots wanted to go back to that Brady style offense. I think if they could, my best case scenario, if the Patriots decided to start over at quarterback and completely rebuild this team would be Mac Jones in the first round and then getting a wide receiver in the second round that could be a potential number one guy. Similar to how the Bengals got T. Higgins and Joe Burrow this last season. It would they wouldn't get a guy like Jalen Waddle. They wouldn't get a Devontae Graham or Devontae Smith. Uh not the Charlotte Hornets point guard. The uh Devontae Smith, the Alabama wide receiver. They wouldn't get those guys. Um but there are gonna be rece- there's a lot of wide receivers in this draft. There's gonna be a few that are available in the second round. So I think Mac Jones would be an excellent fit based on his skill set. I've continued to say this, and I'll continue to say it. He looks like the next Drew Bledsoe. He throws the ball very similarly. They both have similar style arms, statures. I think that he could be the next Drew Bledsoe in the NFL. So that would be who I would pick um, if they're in like that 13 to 14 range. There are a few other quarterbacks there that could be considered if they want to go quarterback because I know... Kyle Trask has been talked about, the quarterback out of Florida. Uh, Zach Wilson has been talked about, the quarterback out of BYU, who's much more of that modern-style passer. He's a lot more mobile. Um, I just think Jones, if they want to go to that Patriots offense that they ran for 20 years with Brady, Jones would be my guy, and I think he fits it almost perfectly. So, And not to mention, Belichick loves saving guys. He loves drafting. There, There's a few select spots that Belichick loves drafting. I think that now she, Greg Schiano's back at Rutgers. Where as soon as he starts bringing in some recruiting classes, you're going to see the Patriots go back to drafting a lot of Rutgers players like the McCourty, uh, Devin McCourty. I think you're going to see him start to get a lot of guys from Alabama once again and Michigan. He likes Harbaugh. He likes Saban. Um, and I'm sure Saban's going to say nothing but positive reviews if Mac Jones decides to go to the NFL because he's been awesome this season. He's been really good. So I think that can be a really good pick for the Patriots. And yeah, so that's going to be my first scouting report for the season. Like I said, I'll do one of those a week as I break down some of these guys and look at what I really like. I think that he needs to continue to improve upon his accuracy. It's been a lot better this season, but it struggled a lot last year. Um, Both kind of limited sample sizes, but I think he's been pretty good um, in improving that aspect of his game. And... Yeah, uh, I think that while he's never going to be a great athlete, um, I think that he fits the Patriots offense really well. So that's going to end it for the Patriot Way podcast this week. Let's beat the Jets as we always do because the J-E-T-S Jets suck, suck, suck. All right, that's going to be it for this week. Thank you, Patriots fans, for listening. Go Pats. Have a good day.